Hey, it's Tony, and welcome to the Dear Fat, You Don't Own Me podcast, episode number 10. If you have ever wondered why making a lifestyle change is so hard, despite the fact that we all know what to do, sometimes we just can't do it. This is the podcast for you. In the last 20 minutes of this podcast, you're going to meet Reed, who... Reed is a guy that at his highest weight was 250 pounds and has now successfully maintained a weight uh, after losing 70 pounds. But what's interesting about Reed is not only the success that he's had, um, it's also interesting because of the way Reed communicates his experience. You'll actually be able to hear how he's made this lifestyle change and what he's done in the past that is so different than what he's done this time and why it works You'll almost, and you'll see when you listen to him, you can almost feel the transition that he makes in his story. It's it's fantastic. And after helping people do exactly that for the last 15 years, the patterns that cause someone like Reed to change have become very clear. And I'm going to show you why it happens, and then I'm going to show you after you see how it happens, like you'll actually experience it on your own with Reed. In the end, you're going to understand why making a lifestyle change is so hard, even though you want it so badly. But before we get to Reed's story, let me tell you the story of another person on our plan. Yesterday, I was speaking with one of the members of our program, and she was doing poorly. It wasn't because that her body was broken or she had poor genetics or, you know, it wasn't any of that. The reason she struggled is because she wasn't allowing the help that she needed. On our plan, you can call us every single day, have a private one-on-one -on -one conversation whenever you'd like if you need it, but she wasn't doing that. In fact, she wasn't doing it ever. She wasn't using the principles of our program to learn how to get control of her food and her exercise and her stress that she was dealing with and her impossible work schedule and life schedule with kids and family. She wasn't using us to get control, how to, to learn how people get control of having an unsupported uh, family. And all the other issues that come up when a person is trying to lose weight or, or trying to improve their fitness. So anyhow, she called because she wanted to start doing better. And she said, Tony, if I could just come up for air for a second and get my head around this, I do better. I just need to learn to think right about food. I need to change my relationship with food. I need to make a lifestyle change. I don't just need to eat less and exercise more. I need to make a lifestyle change. The moment she said that, though. I knew that she had no chance to do well. It's because those words and those and the thoughts that go with them, that's actually the entire problem. And as long as like she was in that place, she just couldn't succeed, at least not yet. See, regardless, if you want to have six-pack abs or you want to run a marathon, you want to bike 100 miles, or you just want to be healthier so that your clothes will fit and you feel more comfortable, the answer is the same. Are there certain actions that you mu that must be followed by certain thoughts? And if you do those in the right order and you're using a strategy that actually creates results, then you'll have success, just like Reed, who you're going to hear in his interview in a little bit. Even like him, even if you've been struggling to get those results for 50 years, you will literally transform into the person that you want to be instead of settling for what you have right now. Now for the good news. You don't need more stuff. You don't need to order anything after this podcast. You don't need to 
get better foods than what you already have. You don't need more money. You don't need better equipment. You don't need new the new expensive Peloton bike that's linked to your trainer that will keep you motivated 24-7. You don't need any of that. There are so many people that uh, that are completely happy with their lives, but they just can't seem to lose weight. They can't figure out how to make this change and make it stick. Some of those people would be completely happy if they could just be a little healthier so that they could post a better picture on their Facebook profile page, and that's all they want. If you learn this strategy and that's you, you'll have the opportunity to make real change that will stick. But maybe your needs are greater. And what you want is you want to live a healthier life and you want to do it without being reliant on a handful of pills and you want to have fewer doctor visits. Maybe you want to get out from behind your depression and you want to feel mentally healthy again, but you can't get there because your body feels terrible all the time. So many people start dieting on our plan because they're depressed. And honestly, it's one of my favorite obstacles to see people overcome because all year long, those people come to our program and pe- people are clinically depressed. They're medicated and have been de- depressed for decades. It is no secret that a healthier lifestyle is often the best medication for depression. And when those people transform, it is, it's nothing short of beautiful. I just love seeing people you know, when they come here and they start and they're sad and they're unmotivated and they're unfocused and suddenly they make a change. They make a lifestyle change that causes them to be the person that they've always wanted to be. When those people start actively taking steps to create a real lifestyle change, they accomplish so much more. They see the world through a clearer, more positive lens. What used to look like darkness, they start seeing as hope. The despair that used to hold them down becomes opportunity. If you want to make a lifestyle change and you want to be the person that you really want to be, you have to understand why the person in the story that I mentioned earlier, why at that moment they have no chance. And then to change, you have to understand why Reed and so many of our other members of of our program do this differently and do so well every single day. Every diet that you've ever started or will start, every gadget that you buy begins with a promise that you're going to change your life, and some of them even promise that you're going to change the world. Of course, you always start with the best of intentions. You're focused, you're inspired, you're motivated, and then in the end, somehow you get to the end having made the same mistakes. Why didn't the lifestyle change happen? Let me show you first by explaining where this phrase came from. In relation to dieting, that phrase of lifestyle change means absolutely nothing. It's just branding. See, a long time ago, the first person was trying to create a diet so that people would buy something, and then it worked. And you know why it worked? Because they were eating less, and they were exercising, and that works. Then that person made some money, and then another person did the same thing, and then that worked. Because this process is not magic. Eating less and exercising works regardless of what you call it. But then as the market became saturated with diets and someone came along and said, you know what? Diets don't work. And then we said, they don't? And he said, yeah, that's right. They don't work. And we looked at this person trying to sell us something and said, well, if diets don't work, 
then what do we need? And that person said, what you need is you need a lifestyle change. And as luck would have it, like I just happened to have a lifestyle change with me. Let me show you how it works. I'm going to sell you this food that causes you to eat less calories than what you need. And of course you need to exercise a little bit. And I probably should mention that I need you to give me all your money. But in the end, you will have a lifestyle change without dieting. And then what I'll have, of course, is a mansion. And somehow we don't see that it was just branding. We don't see that all this person is just giving us a new way to diet. A diet is a diet. It's eating less food than what you need and doing a little exercise. But then those people go to their friends and say, ho, ho, I've lost some weight. Take a look at this. And they go, wait, are you on a diet? And they go, no, I don't, not on a diet. You'd have to be crazy to go on a diet. Diets don't work. I'm making a lifestyle change. And then over time, in the exact same way that we went from nobody smoking cigarettes to everybody smoking cigarettes by the Hollywood machine basically hiring all these movie stars to smoke cigarettes in the same way it just cascades through our world and pretty soon everybody believes what they're being told. Somehow, once again, instead of using our brains, the rebranding happens and we believe what the advertisers are telling us. Eventually, everybody that wants to sell a diet understands that they have to promote a lifestyle change to sell their diet. But once the market becomes saturated with the phrase lifestyle change, then somebody else steps up and says, you know what? Your problem isn't that. Your problem is that you, it has nothing to do with you not making a lifestyle change. Your problem is, is that you're eating too much fat. Remember that? Remember when everything became low fat? Remember when all the food companies started taking fats out of all of our foods? Fats that our bodies need so desperately to be healthy? Did they do that because not eating fat made us healthier? No, they didn't. The marketing executives were trying to change the narrative so we would buy a new round of stuff. That's all it was. Along the way, we've been told that we need more fiber which is actually usually true. But more fiber is not a weight loss strategy, and it's definitely not a lifestyle change. It's just something we need to eat, like vitamin C or protein. But we believe it, then we stamp a label on the problem and say, that's it, fiber's the answer. And since then, there have been all these diets that are built just around fiber. And going back a little bit, speaking about protein. The current thing that we're being fooled into believing is this this concept of being in a state of ketosis. It's the keto diet, which, by the way, is not magic. You're not fooling your body. It's just marketing. Ketosis is a natural response your body has always had and uses when you're a little low on carbs. In fact, it's not magic. It's actually just the opposite. The keto diet is a diet that has already failed epically. Not only is it an epic failure, but it's actually a diet that went bankrupt in 2005 with $300 million in unpaid debts. It was called the Atkins diet. The Atkins diet is a low-carb diet that forces you to burn fat and teaches your body to use ketones as energy by eating less carbs, which sounds great, but wait a minute. If it's so great, then why did all those people after Atkins gain weight so fast after they lost it? 
It's because starving your body of fruits and vegetables is insane. There's a couple medical situations where a person should do keto, but outside of that, it's insane. Eventually, you end up either craving carbohydrates or you're nutrient deficient because you're not eating the way that you're supposed to. It's just not a smart plan for almost everybody. It's marketing. If the guidance counselor at your school told the children that they couldn't eat fruits and vegetables, you would crucify them. But the moment somebody comes to sell you something and says, don't eat fruits and vegetables because they have carbs, and by doing so, you will make a lifestyle change, we jump right into bed with that vendor and say, well, that makes sense. And it doesn't make sense for my kids, but it certainly makes sense for me. What I definitely need to do is stop eating apples and broccoli. It's just crazy. See, your problem is not that you're dieting or not dieting. It's not that you are making a lifestyle change or not making a lifestyle change. It's not that your fat content is too high or too low. And it's not that you haven't yet entered this mystical state of ketosis. All of this information starts swirling around in your head and we get lost You can't tell the difference between right and wrong. And before you know it, you're trying to make a lifestyle change with bad information and actions that can never get you there. Instead of actually doing anything that causes change, every day you wake up, you start to make what I call the declaration. If I could just get my head straight and wrap my head around this, I could do it. Tony, I need to get back on the wagon. I mean, you know, when somebody says that to me, they say I need to get back on the wagon. It doesn't mean anything. It's literally a declaration that you're lost. I need to get refocused. That's what I need. You know why we say that? We say that because we're lost and we want to feel better. And if we say it out loud that we want to do something, we're like, yeah, I do want to do something. We feel a little bit better, but it doesn't mean anything and it doesn't do anything. So if you want to make a lifestyle change, there's something that has to happen beyond you just declaring, I need a reboot. Can I, Tony, can I restart and go back to day one? Well, I don't know. Let me see if we can go back to day one. Let's call your mom and ask her how she feels about doing day one again. Probably not. You're not going to go back to day one. You're on this day right now, whether you've done good things or bad things. You're here right now. You're on this day. People say, well, I need to clear my head. I need to get my head around it. I need to get back on board. Get on board what? When you started this, you weren't necessarily on board anything. These are just words we say so that we can declare that we're going to do something when, in fact, nothing is going to happen next, like the person that I told in that story. Tony, I need to clear my mind. I need to clear my schedule. That's what I need to do. I need to clear my schedule. Let me tell you something about your schedule. You will never have enough time. It doesn't matter how good you are at organizing your day. You will never have enough time. The secret to learning to lose weight is learning how to do it when you don't have enough time because that is what your life is always going to look like, and that's okay. I don't know how many times in a uh, in a week, uh, in a month, somebody will send me something and says, I need to get my shit together. That's their declaration. Some people are a little bit uh, more creative and say, I need to get my poop in a group. Same thing. Hilarious, but doesn't do anything. I need to organize my priorities. You know, that one right there is probably one of the more interesting statements that people will make. And because you really don't need to organize your priorities in the way that you think you do. 
you need to do two things right. And if you do those two things right, what you'll find is your organ, your priorities ha- actually have a way of kind of organizing themselves. And I'll explain. Hang in there. So then after the person makes the declaration of what needs to be done, now it's time to make the grand announcement that you're going to do it. And it prevents them from ever really making a lifestyle change. That's it. I am done. I'm committing. Starting Monday morning, I'm going to get right to this. And it's Tuesday. And I say, what are you waiting for? If you're going to really do something and you need to get back on the wagon and you're serious about this, then why don't we do it now? You say, well, Tony, sometimes they say, well, you know, I'm going to do better. You know what's funny about that statement, I'm going to do better? Here's what it means. It actually means you're not going to do better. It's the grand announcement that you're going to do better, meaning that you actually won't. Because when it comes to losing weight, there are things that need to be done correctly. There are. And there's a lot of things in life where you can do a pretty good job and it's enough. Like if a person gets 90% of their answers right on a test in school, that's good. But when you're dieting, if you're making mistakes, you're getting better at making those mistakes. Even if you do a little bit better with them, in theory, you want to believe that like that's the answer. But the truth is, if you're making mistakes with the plan that you've committed to, you're just getting better at making those mistakes. So when you say I'm getting better, and you make that grand announcement that you're getting better, what you're saying is I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to do. And so every day you're going to get a little bit better at doing the wrong thing. And they say, well, I'll get on. I'm getting back on the wagon. I'm done making mistakes. I'm back. I say, great. I say, well, the fact that you're done making mistakes and you're back, what does that mean? When I ask that question, almost nobody can answer it because they're just words. They don't actually cause the change. They don't cause the lifestyle change. These grand announcements don't get it done. There's two things that you need to do if you want to make a real lifestyle change. However, long before they have a chance to make that change, they've made these declarations and these grand announcements. And so now they take it to the next step. And the next step is coming up with the reason why you can't do anything at all. The reason you get to this next step is because you did the wrong things to begin with by just saying, I'm going to do this instead of figuring out what the actual answers are. Like you're set up to make another mistake because that's what you've done in the past. And so then you say, look, you know, I really need to get back on the wagon and get my act together and I'm committing to it on Monday. But before I do that, I need to learn which foods I need to eat. That's the problem. I'm not eating the right foods. I need to learn about nutrition first and I got to get motivated. You know what I actually need? If I could just get a come to Jesus talk so I could get motivated, then I'd be good. I'd be, then I'd be good, Tony. I just need a, I just need a kick in the ass. If you give me a kick in the ass, I'd be okay. I mean, now all of a sudden where we were going to do something and we were announcing that we were going to be doing something. Now we literally start coming up with reasons why we can't do it yet. So what happens? We follow up those excuses with the reason that we didn't follow through. And you know why we didn't follow through? Because we didn't learn the things that we needed to do to actually build something and end up creating this lifestyle change. We say, Tony, uh, you know, I I know I committed, but I blew it yesterday. Um, But I'm going to make it up with exercise. When you listen to Reed's story here in just a few minutes, you're going to see why that didn't work. It doesn't work to make it up with exercise. We say, yeah, yeah, I didn't follow the rules yesterday and do what I was supposed to do, but I made a conscious decision to do so. You know, whenever anybody says to me, Tony, I'm making a conscious decision not to follow through, the question that I always ask them is, what about the conscious decision that you made to start and follow through? 
which one of those was actually the conscious decision? The one that you said, I'm going to, I'm committing and I'm going to do this, or the one that said, I'm not going to do this today. Sometimes when people um, are not doing well, they want to explain it off. They don't want to take responsibility for the fact that they're not allowing the process to work for them. They're not getting help when they should. And they say, well, okay, I'm losing a little bit slower than I want to, but it's okay. I'm okay if I lose like more slowly than somebody else. That is totally okay. You know what ends up happening there? Eventually you keep losing slower, slower, and then eventually you stop losing. And before you know it, you're like totally frustrated and lost. It doesn't work. You got to create consistency and lose consistently. And then once they've made the announcement, they've gone through the whole process and they've made all their excuses, they finally get through all that and they say, well, maybe I'm just not ready. You know, I, I, I just I just don't want to diet anymore. Who does? Nobody wants to diet. I just have too much on my plate. Who doesn't? I can't handle one more thing. That's what they say. Yeah, that's the way that everybody feels. If you want to make a real lifestyle change, there are two things that you got to do. It's none of these words. There's two things you got to do. And if you do those two things, you're going to see the changes that you want. When you listen to Reed, you're literally going to see the change happening in front of like your ears. It's amazing. But then after we make all these excuses and we say, well, I can't handle one more thing. And, you know, I just maybe I just need to wait until January 1st or after I get back from my vacation. Then we make a giant mistake. And most people have done this dozens of times. Some of them hundreds of times. They quit. They say, I just need to clear my head. I just have too much going on right now. There's no way I can get it done. And so they quit. And what happens next? I'll tell you what happens next. This recurring process resolves and then starts the next cycle. The person quits their diet. They gain all their weight back. They feel awful. They're sick. They're sad. They're feeling like a failure. And then six months later, they look in the mirror and they say, I need to get back on the wagon. And the cycle continues to repeat itself indefinitely. When you listen to Reed telling his story in this interview, you're going to hear a man talking about how he has done that for 50 years on every diet that exists. And all of that happened for one reason. It happens because people that are trying to be healthy believe that making a lifestyle change was about a thought. It was a belief. It was some mystery, magical motivation, or anything other than taking action right now. And when I say right now, I mean this second. I mean right now. You see, a lifestyle change doesn't happen first. It doesn't happen after the grand announcement. It doesn't happen when you declare that you're ready to change. And it doesn't happen after you've learned something or when life gets easier. It happens after you do two things. Here's what they are. The first one is this. You need to understand that the lifestyle change that you want to make, especially when it comes to losing weight, will be uncomfortable and sometimes awful. It'll be the last thing that you want to do sometimes. And that's okay because the bad part doesn't last forever. But even when it's uncomfortable, even though it's not fun, you take action right now anyway. Even though it isn't a lifestyle change yet, 
you still follow the rules of food and exercise that cause you to have success. In our case, the way we do our program, that requires daily communication. That's one of the actions. That communication is important so that problems get solved and consistency is created. As you'll hear when you listen to read, that daily communication causes you to stay engaged long enough so that your actions become results. And then the results become your lifestyle change. But it's the actions that happen first. In our program, you got to go for a walk or a comparable exercise every day. And if you think you can't do that because you're busy or you're sick or you're tired or you're at the hospital, you can make an excuse, but you don't have to. You can just take action and give us a call and find out how others have solved that problem. And you see, by taking action when it's inconvenient, when it's uncomfortable, when it's the last thing you want to do, you change. All of a sudden, you're a person who overcomes problems instead of makes excuses, and a lifestyle change begins to develop. Before long, you're feeling better than you felt in years and having a different experience with food and exercise because you've changed as a result of taking uncomfortable, inconvenient actions in the face of adversity. The lifestyle change happens second, not first. You don't need to get your act together. You need to understand that your act is not together and accept it. Then you need to take action in relation to your diet and your exercise consistently, even though your act is not together yet. You don't need to get back on the wagon. There is no wagon. Our program requires you to take action by tracking what you're eating, even though you don't want to, and even though it's inconvenient, because doing so causes you to get control. Then you get results, and then those results can create change, and that change makes you happy because you feel good. But all of it does not start with a lifestyle change. It all starts because you take action when a lifestyle change hasn't happened yet. For those of you that are already on our program, if you're doing well like so many people are, you understand what I'm talking about. You've taken the structure of this program that we give you and we, you've used it to make sure that your actions are always moving towards the goal that you want. But if you're struggling, you've probably been waiting for a time when this would be easier. You've probably been wishing that some magic moment would appear and everything would make sense. You're probably wanting to make the lifestyle change before you do the hard work that actually creates the lifestyle change that you want, and it doesn't work that way. Action happens first. Results happen second. So as you listen to Reed and his amazing story, sit back and listen to this incredible man who struggled for 50 years and then suddenly started using the tools that we gave him that allowed this transition to happen. Listen to how he transformed from eating 3,000 calorie meals into a person that easily walks away from junk food voluntarily. On our program, you can eat junk food, but once you make a real lifestyle change, you learn the true value of food. You learn to think differently about what you eat. And as you hear from Reed, you'll learn that food is not the experience that shapes the quality of your happiness or your life. 
once you make this lifestyle change, you learn that life is about everything but food. It's about all the other stuff. Thanks for taking time to listen to this. I hope you enjoy the interview with Reed. Oh, and one more thing. I just got done editing this, and there was some sort of delay, uh, especially at the very beginning of talking with Reed. And it's going to sound like I am really rude and interrupting him all the time, but please understand that was just a little delay. I swear to you, I am not that rude. So anyhow, enjoy the interview. Reed, you have done a great job losing your weight. This podcast that we're recording right now is all about making a lifestyle change and the transition that people go through when they're you know, trying to learn to think differently and act differently. And one of the things that you've done so great with is that your communication throughout this whole process has been fantastic. And so it allows us to see like mentally how you've gone through this transition. Have you lost your weight and learned you know, why maybe in the past you struggled trying to lose weight and all of a sudden now you're doing great and maintaining it. So first of all, you are how old? 70. I'm 71. Perfect. Almost 72. And you live in Utah, which is a beautiful place to bike and run and hike and do all those things. And yet your, your choice of those, the thing you do the most of is what? I do mostly road cycling. I do some mountain biking, but you know, I moved up here from California to be closer to family and my brothers. Yeah, but California, I've got a nine foot six Dewey Weber surfboard sitting in California that I get to go and see April and two or three other months. So yeah, cycle, surfing, sunning, sand. Yeah, that. And but I'm not going to tell you where the <laughs> beach is that we go because. People would probably wind up going there. You know, we were talking a little bit earlier and you said you're waiting uh, for part of a big earthquake and part of earthquake and part of uh, California to drop into the sea. So it's a closer drive to your surf spots. Yeah, I'm just that way. It'll make it easier for me to get to Nevada and I can still get to the beach about 200 miles closer. I'm guessing that makes it hard to telling that story probably makes it hard uh, to make friends in California sometimes, I'm guessing. (laughs) yeah probably does well here you are at 71 (laughs) and you surf and you hike and do all these things and have so many advantages over people that you know that would maybe be like landlocked like me where you're in the middle of the united states where there is no ocean there are no mountains and yet with all of that in front of you and a, a history of being an active person you still had this 30 pounds that you wanted to lose that you knocked out in no time here but you haven't been able to lose it. And how long would you say you've been trying to lose that weight? At least 50 years. Yeah. Five and decades. it's interesting because when you send me emails, which are all the time about, you know, Tony, I realized this and now I understand that. Like every other email, I'm just, I don't even know what to say anymore to you because they are all basically just saying, read. Yes, you're right. You get it. You understand. And this transition that you've made, this lifestyle change that people are always chasing after is what you finally have because you get it you understand and uh, when we were talking earlier you had said that um, the thing that has been um, the most important is that the accountability that our program um, creates and it causes you to think about some of these things Um, and so tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit about how that's been useful for you well I like I had uh, I have tried every single 
plan that you can think of that's out there. There's maybe one that I haven't done. But the thing that's lacking in all of them are two things. One is the accountability. With Maintain for Life, I have to report every day and write at first. I just thought, oh, this is just ridiculous. I got to write down everything that passes my lips and onto the hips. So, you know, okay, I'll go ahead and, and do that. And it was, that was hard at first. So I set myself up a little database on my computer and I could carry it with me on my phone or I could go and log into my computer and get, and get to the same spreadsheet. And that, that visual, I'm a really mm -hmm. visual learner. Uh, as a teacher, as a school teacher for years, I figured that out, and I'm visual. So if I could see stuff, I can, I can analyze and say, okay, yeah, I can see where I made a mistake. So I'd write it down every day, put the water in there, had to put the exercise. And then the other thing that was, um, uh, that's, that was hard for me was I wasn't eating real food. I would, there were packaged programs. And so here would be my family. Michelle would be making some really good spaghetti and, and a salad. And I'd be eating something that was frozen or whatever, or came in a package and I'd heat it up and I'd eat it in, you know, with them and they're eating mom, you know, Michelle's good stuff. And I'm eating this stuff. And then the other piece that was missing was making that transition from, Okay, you've lost all this weight. Like when I came up for my my, my uh, major promotion in the army, um, I I had to lose uh, 20 pounds to to be able to do the picture and the uniform and all that kind of stuff. My class A uniform that I had to put on with all my medals and stuff like that on it, and I had to to look the part, and so I I did. I and my colonel says, "Great, Reed. I'm glad you're losing it. I'll be able to pin you that kind of thing." I was at the brigade level. I was the brigade S4. I was, mm -hmm. I was high flying. And so I lose the weight and I'm standing out there in formation in front of my parents, my best friend in the whole wide world and uh, in California getting my promotion. And then within two months, my colonel comes up and says, so you just lost the weight long enough to get your promotion and you're putting <laughs> it back on. You know, it, that is exactly I mean, everybody does this for everything, too. You know, they, uh, they're getting yep. ready for a wedding. They're getting ready for a trip. They're getting ready for, you know, as you're saying, a test in the military. So that just so that you can get, you know, whatever, you know, uh, whatever uh, they need to give you to say you pass this test. And uh, then as soon as yeah. that thing that has inspired us has passed, then we gain all the weight back. I mean, so many people, they look back at right. their... Like uh, women specifically will say, you know, I remember when I got married and that was that day, literally that day was the thinnest they had ever been um, because they were trying uh -huh. to get ready for something instead of learning how to make a lifestyle change. So anyhow, so you've gone through this time in the military and um, you are losing and gaining weight to pass different tests. And uh, as soon as the test passed, then you uh, gain the weight back and now then you go through this program. And in this program, we add a couple things that are useful. One of them is, is that you have to track your food. Now, this is a little tricky because somebody listening to this would say, yeah. well, yeah, I've tried that. I've tried tracking my foods before. And the thing is, it didn't work. But the difference here, and I think what you're saying is, is that because you have to account for that every single day, you started doing it consistently. 
and it just became part of your routine. That's that's right. I mean, you when I when I sent you all my data and you and you sent back to me, okay, this this is your minimum, this is your maximum. You don't go over, you don't go under. Uh, and okay, I understood that, um, and then I would just target that, and I could monitor myself during the day um, because I, as I would eat, and like you said, if you don't have numbers, you can't eat it. Well, I go, well numbers, you know, that was really weird, and I thought, well, meaning how do nutritional I information, right? So I, it, yeah, yeah, the nutritional information, whether it was in a restaurant or whether it was here at home right you learned how to get the control of those numbers here which by the way the way you learned it is like talking about making an overall lifestyle change is fantastic because if you i know you remember this but you remember on day one you started (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. i know you know what i was saying you literally start you yeah i know what you're gonna say (laughs) we tell you okay here's how you do this and that and then what did you do immediately and I said, oh, I can't log on and stuff like that. Yep, so this is too I quit. hard. Forget. That's it. So we, call, we called, Ed called you back. He said, hey, listen, you know, you can quit if you need to, but, you know, maybe we could just show you how to do it. And now you've gone from that point to where you quit at the very first obstacle, which you've probably done on other diets, all the way to the yep. point where you were talking to us the other day and said, you know what? I'm probably going to keep tracking my foods, even though you don't have to and maintain anymore because it helps me stay in control. And it's just incredible how once you actually learn a couple strategies and you learn to think a little bit differently and you get a different routine in place, like some of those things that used to seem impossible, some of those things that you would quit for like the second there was an obstacle in front of you, you're like, wait a minute, like I can use this. This is useful. This is something I can learn from. And now, you know, here you are. Um, and, you know, every day you're sending me messages like, like you remember the one you sent a couple of days ago and you said, you know, here I have been trying to lose weight all these years. And I, I keep thinking that I can just ride more or I can exercise more and it keeps not happening. And what I realized is, is until I get the food right, like I'm never going to like lose this weight that I want. Yeah, that's right. And I thought, you know, I was like I told you, I was at 235. Well, my highest weight I've ever been was, was 250. And uh, and I got it down to 235 somehow. Uh, and then when I started cycling and doing that kind of st- stuff about 11 years or so ago, weights started coming down but it wouldn't stabilize i was between 220 225 230 sometimes i'd drop down to 212 and go back up and one of the other things in my family if there's a heart problem my dad's side of the family has had it my aunt um she she passed away when she was 50 but what she did was she would go up and down just like i was doing up and down up and down up and down and eventually it killed her because she had a stroke. Uh, Yeah, she had a stroke, and she passed away, and she was a very young woman at the time. Well, at the time, she was old, but she was 50 years old when she passed away, and and I got to thinking about that when I was going through this, and I thought, gee, I don't want to do like she did, 
My dad, bless his heart, he had three heart attacks and two strokes, but he was able to keep his weight. He controlled his weight. Um, and even though he had all those problems going on in his family, plus the diabetes on top of it, and his whole family was plagued with this stuff, he lived the longest of everybody in his family. Mm. And so I, when I finally put that together, I thought, okay. And then I got that email the other day about, uh, it was from Ed. Uh, and he said, yeah, I thought it was, I used to think that uh, exercise was a huge component of weight loss, but it's not as important as controlling the calories because the, you've got to get the, the calories under control. And once I put that piece together, then the whole thing came together for me, and I thought, okay, I'm on the right track. And then when I, when I got into month two of maintenance, and, and according to what you know, I've learned, okay, in month two, first month you have to track everything. Month two you start weighing yourself every day, and I could see myself going up and down, up and down. I go, no, there's something wrong here. What am I doing wrong? And that was when I put it together. I've got to watch the caloric intake. I've still got to track. And so that's why I told Ed and you the other day, okay, I'm going to continue to track because I work better when I can see things and I can see where because I'm you're, going. Because you're a visual day. person. For instance, that's, yeah, because I'm a visual learner. And so if Michelle wants to make a cookie and I want a cookie, I've got to put that into my, into my thing. I just can't say, okay, yeah, I'll have a cookie. Well, like I told you before in some of my in, in one of my uh, emails back to you, yeah, it wouldn't be just one. It would be <laughs> six that I would eat during the day or four or Michelle would give me two and I'd eat four more. Or my favorite one that I told you the other day was I would eat two meals during the day, then go to our favorite restaurant in the evening and I would have that huge chili verde burrito when asked for extra <laughs> sauce and cheese and meat on it and so i'd already eaten what 1200 during the day and i would pack on the other 14 to 1600 and eat the whole bloody <laughs> burrito at that meal which was a whole week's a whole month or a whole day's intake but i ate it all and more so i was eating like 3000 calories and i thought okay why am i not losing weight because i exercise i ride a bike i i'm riding 500 plus right. miles a month like you'd think you'd think so, if i'm riding that much know, i can lose accidentally now now watch yeah. this right here i want you to look at this what happened here okay okay at any point okay. in the process okay or any point in your life any time in the last 50 years somebody could have said to you hey listen you know reed here's the deal the reason you're having trouble losing weight is because you're not in control of your food and if you get control of your food, whether you're exercising or not, you'll be fine. You would have said, yeah, 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 I know that. But, and you did know that the whole time. And yet, mm -hmm. the reason that people see this lifestyle change as they go through this process is instead of some, because instead of somebody trying to tell you this is how it is, you experience it. You feel it. And so here you go into this person where you're exercising and then we tell you, okay, make this little adjustment with your food. Keep eating the foods that you want. Eat the spaghetti if you want it. 
eat the foods that you like, go to restaurants if you want, eat the foods that you want, but just do this, eat it this way, eat this much of it. And so that you did that, and then you kept exercising, and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you get into the maintain piece of this, and here you are in the maintain piece, and now we say, okay, jump through this hoop, and jump through this hoop as the months change when you're learning maintain, and then boom, after 50 years, like this light goes off in your head, and you say, wait a minute. If I'm going to maintain this weight long term, there's going to be times that I'm going to eat half or all of that burrito, maybe. There's going to be times where I don't eat a lot. But there is a direct correlation between how much I eat and how much I exercise and what my weight ends up looking like tomorrow. And no matter how much I exercise, if I don't maintain some kind of control with the food and know where I am... Then I got to go back to 250 where I started all of this. Yeah, and that's and that's exactly what I don't want to do. I, the, I mean, it's it's really been life changing, Tony. It has. I, um, I've had to go and buy jeans. I was wearing size 40 and 42 jeans. I go and put them on now, and they they don't <laughs> even stay up. That's so cool. And so, I had, so I had to go buy new clothes. I'm down to a size large shirt i'm back into a 16 and a half dress shirt um and my jerseys are and we all know how tied uh, a bicycling right jersey skin fits. tight they're starting to get loose and flap in the breeze <laughs> so you know it's i you know i don't i don't have to go to a double xl anymore i can wear an xl and yeah like exactly you know with the pictures that you sent because you sent me the pictures of you know when you're at your heaviest and then what your what your biking jersey looks like right now. And seriously, when you put that on and look in the mirror, you have to be like, all right, I'm 51. You know what I mean? That's like that's how you got to feel, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. So yeah. you had um, uh, one of the things that you had said earlier is that you'd said that uh, one of the things that helped you with this, you know, doing our during our program and for you having the success that you've had specifically is that you eat the foods that you want. Um, you eat real foods, uh -huh. you know, on our program, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you remember from day one, the first thing that, you know, we tell you is that you can eat whatever you want. You just need to get a little bit of control over it. But tell mm -hmm. me this over the time that you've been losing weight, would you say that you like, how has the quality of your food changed? Are you eating healthier foods? Or are you eating this? just the foods that you want? Are you still eat? I mean, has it gotten better? Has it gotten worse? I mean, you obviously have control of it, but what's the quality look like? Is, has there been a change in that? Yeah, there has. Um, one of the things I noticed the other day, well, when we were first married, <laughs> Michelle would prepare a meal and she'd put it on the table and we'd have a little prayer. And then she would take about three or four bites and mine would be gone. I would eat that fast. And she says, are you going to wait for me? I said, oh, sorry, dear. I, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was eating so fast. But that was one of the problems. And so, like I said in another email to you, I had to start thinking like a skinny person, think, you know, eating slower and enjoy the food. And so, and I've noticed that when we go to restaurants or here, even here at home, Michelle has been preparing meals 
differently in the, you know, we don't have as many sweets around the house. M&Ms, those bags you get from those, you know, from like Costco, I could go through one of those in a week and not even blink. Uh, I haven't had that bag in my house since The important part about that too is you haven't had it by choice. Because at the beginning of this, if you listen to the first orientation, like in the orientation, I, you, I tell you directly, hey, you can eat that every day if you want to. But what happens by just learning control and, and taking the steps, yeah. you know, following the steps that you learn in this program, like at first you're like, okay, I can eat whatever I want. I can have a little bit of this. And then as time passes, you start to say, you know what? I've heard that I need to eat slower. Maybe that'll be useful. And so you start paying attention and Mm -hmm. you do it voluntarily because you want to. That is what a lifestyle change looks like. And yet you've probably heard eat slower a thousand times over the last 50 years. When you talk about uh, not eating sweets in the house, you know, on this program, you can have sweets. You can eat them every single day. But because you allowed this process to happen, you looked at that and said, wait a minute, here I am looking great in my jersey, feeling better on the bike than I've ever felt. I feel younger. I feel stronger. You know, the highest weight that you're ever at, you're saying was 250. And what, what was your last, what was your most recent weight? Uh, 180, 181. Right. So you are down, what is that? 70 pounds from your highest weight, which about half of it was with us. And here you uh-huh. are just saying, you know what? I want to be better. I want to do it voluntarily. I'm not doing this because I have to or somebody said I have to. I mean, it is a real lifestyle change. And that's that's what's so cool about what you've done. So very cool. Well, good. Well, listen. So what does the future hold for you? Well, what, uh, what I've been doing, I, I've mixed up my um, my routine for exercise i'll go to the gym uh one maybe two days a week uh once the warm weather kicks in that that'll be (laughs) that'll be a little tougher to get the gym because i ride uh but um i i'm looking at doing another century this year i've even considered doing a five yeah 5k run in this in the summer when i get a little more used to trying to jog a little bit i've been doing that at the gym a little bit i haven't done any outside so but i also know that i'm i'm getting older uh and i'm going to have to even be more cognizant of it because as i get older my metabolism slows down so i'm going to have to watch the food intake exercise will probably drop off a little bit but i just bought myself a new bike in december thinking okay i need to plan for the future so it's an e-mountain bike (laughs) gosh so i can so i so i can still ride a bike you know maybe in my later 70s or early 80s my dad the day uh the last time he had his his last stroke the day before he had that stroke he was still swimming and he and mom would swim every single day uh, when they moved up here to Utah, they were living in one of those adult communities and they had a swimming pool and they'd go swimming every single morning at six o'clock, most days of the week, four to five days a week. So they were very active. Dad was water skiing behind his boat 
when he was 74. That's amazing. So, so yeah. you've got big plan yeah, so to, big plans to follow in his steps and be really active. Oh, that's awesome, oh, man. Yeah. I can't wait until I get a picture from you years from now. Yeah. Uh, you're 80 years old and you're sending me pictures of like <laughs> your 50, 50 mile bike races and stuff. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Cool, man. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to throw something at you here right now. And as the people that are listening to this podcast that, you know, would have heard the beginning where I was talking before I actually play this part, our, our, our discussion, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, right when, when they want to change and they want to, um, you know, they want to lose weight, they want to get better at exercise. What they think is, is they think that they need to change those thoughts and they need to make this complete lifestyle change first. And hopefully the people listening to this, they realize what I was saying before, which is what happens first is the action. And then the lifestyle change happens after that. You know, the first action that that you completed properly is right at the moment that you were ready to give up. Like you needed to take action there more than ever. And we gave you the tools to do that. You stepped back and said, okay, wait a minute. What the hell am I doing? If I lost my mind, this is not the time to quit. These guys obviously know what they're doing. Let me help them. And you took action and said, okay, I'm going to do the work. And then when you started getting control of your food and learning how to track what you were eating, you know, I'm sure that at the beginning of that, you were thinking, this is still pretty hard. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. But you kept yep. taking action. Yep. And then as you take action, you get better at it. You develop new routines and all of these wonderful things that you've described start to happen. All the emails that you send me about it, the experiences that you have, the thoughts that you have about how you're changing and how you're thinking about food and how, you know, there's, there's foods that you, you know, you could eat, but you decide, wait a minute, if I eat those, I'm not going to feel good. I don't want to do that. Like you're making those decisions because instead of you having to make them, like it's become who you are. And it's a lifestyle change, but it starts because you did the actions first. You did the work first yeah. and let that change that you wanted to happen develop over time. Well, and, and one of the things that, that really helped me understand it, and I listened to that one Momentum 21-day podcast. The Momentum Pyramid. Got there. Mo the Momentum Pyramid, yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. The Momentum Pyramid. I listened to that three times. And because I'm a little bit of a slow <laughs> learner sometimes. And so I listened to that and it was one, one of the statements in there was if I go and eat this now, I'm going to start making that trail just like I did before. And I'm going to have to go back and lose it all over again. And so I, when I listened to that and that part just really intrigued me. So I thought, okay, that makes sense to me. And so then the other night we went to a birthday party for a friend of ours, a neighbor here in our neighborhood. And we had just come from a dinner at my, uh, oh, from, from home. We went to the party and they had all this food laid out on the table and these tons of cakes that just looked absolutely delicious chocolate. One of my favorites, <laughs> dark chocolate. And I thought, I can't do this. I, I can't do that. Michelle says, you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. Not a problem. I'm good. And I grabbed three, uh, three carrots and uh, a broccoli and, and a cauliflower and sat down. And that was it. And I never looked at the table again 
and we sat down and started visiting with with our friends that were there from the neighborhood and i didn't miss that chocolate or the other spread that they other part of the spread which was like pulled pork sweet pulled pork and a bun and cheeses of all kinds and crackers i left all those i said nope that's not worth it i just have to work it off again and that was one of the th- points that you made in that podcast if you eat it you got to work it off again and I you know the podcast that. uh for, for anybody listening to this the podcast that he's talking about is on the members pages so don't look at it on these for these in these private these public podcasts on the members pages of our program on the website, there's this podcast that basically goes through the feelings that you're going to have over the next 20 days and how day one is different than day two and how you're going to feel on day nine to kind of help you build momentum so that you can get to this point where you create routine and then you change as you have. Well, Reed, um, this was a lot of fun and thanks for taking this time to do this. You know, when I called you and said, Hey, would you want to share your story guys? Um, you know, readers like, look, whatever I got to do to help people feel the way that I feel I'm in. And I just appreciate you caring to do that. Um, and I will tell you that, as you know, as you've read, I do a little bit of traveling and I have run, uh, races and I haven't done any bike rides with people all across the country on the program. And so when I am in Utah and I haven't been to Utah yet, we have lots of people in Utah (laughs) doing this, but I haven't been there yet. When I get up there, we have to go for a bike ride together sometime absolutely and all right man hey thanks for the time and i'll talk with you later reed thank you okay you bet thank you tony